Hi everyone, good afternoon. Today's date is June 24th. It is exactly 7.08 p.m. I know I'm recording a little later, but um, I had a busy, busy, busy Saturday. I was out and about just spending time with the family and just enjoying the day. I worked out today. I did Pilates. It was just a good day, um, so which is why I wasn't able to record in the morning. But y'all, I did not forget about you guys, which is why I'm here. And this is a message that I had um, impressed in my heart maybe like three days ago. And since then, I've just been pondering on the message. So the whole day, I was like, oh gosh, I have to record, I have to record, I have to record. Because <laughs> I was thinking about it and I knew that this was something that I definitely want to, you know, keep my words. And like I said, I will record today. And just be more consistent with that. But y'all do give me grace if I'm not consistent and I don't record as I plan. Um, because I just sometimes get busy with life. But I do, like I said, want to be more consistent. And I'm going to make an effort to do that moving forward. Unless I tell you guys otherwise. But hello everyone. <laughs> Welcome. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to have you all. I hope the month has been awesome for you guys. I think when we last spoke, it was my birthday. Um, so I had such a great birthday. I had such a good month of June so far. And I'm just thankful for everything that God does. Even today, just being out with, you know, uh, my sister, just acknowledging God's presence in my life so heavy even when I came back I did my quiet time and I just thought of how much God is so good so faithful just the littlest things that he does right the weather was nice today we had good parking spot and a busy Saturday you know like when you go out on nice days on a weekend it's so busy and parking is just so hard to find like literally um something happened today where like we got to the mall and it was so so busy and I said a simple prayer in my heart just like God please help us to find a parking and right at that moment I'm not even joking a few seconds later a lady was pulling out of her her car or pulling into her car to pull out of the parking spot and at that moment i'm like god thank you because let's not forget that god hears our prayers even the ones that seem so unimportant if they're important to us it's important to god because that's the father that we have we have a god who loves us so deeply so intimately that the things that concerns us concerns him if god is so meticulous to the point where he knows the numbers of hairs in our head. How much more is he concerned with the things that we experience on a daily basis? So if this is the God who cares about the parking spot that I have. So the God who cares about my future, who has plans for my future, who has plans to prosper and not to harm me. And so that just makes me so humble to think about God in that that in that spec, right? Where it's like, whoa, this is such a mighty God, but yet he's so concerned about little old me. And today I was actually reading about, um, I was in um, James and it talked about how our life is but a mist, right? We're only here for a second. And so that just tells me that we're life is fleeting, right? We're here for just a temporary second, but yet we have an eternal mighty God who cares and loves us so intimately. So how much more will God care about your needs, right? In Matthew 7, 7, 
where it says that we shall ask and receive, seek and find, knock and the door be open for us. Then it goes on to say that the pagans worry about these things. You know, what we'll eat, what we'll wear, all these things. But God cares about the little things because he knows that we need those things and he provides for us. So when we go to God, we just need to go to him with peace, with trust, with just knowledge that this is our father who cares about the parking spot I park in. How much more will he care about your future? How much more will he care about your daily breath as he gives us our daily breath to sustain us on a daily basis? This is the father that we serve because he loves and cares for each and every one of you guys as I felt his love today. So that was just really my day, right? Although I was out and about busy, but I just was reminded of, wow, God, thank you, right? I came home and I just like did my quiet time. I'm literally like not too long ago. And I was like, you know, let me reflect on this day. Let me thank God for all that he's done because God is such a merciful, loving God. The things that God does, I don't understand sometimes because I'm like, he, he doesn't need to do those things, right? I don't deserve him to do those things to us because who am I? Who am I that a God like him loves me and cares about me so intimately, so privately, right? I don't deserve his mercy. I don't deserve his grace. I don't deserve his, his favor. I don't deserve eternal life with him. But yet he came and died for us, for our sins, to give us salvation. And so when I think about God like that, I'm just so always humble, so grateful, so honored that a father like him loves me. And hopefully you guys feel that way too, because God is just, whoa, like he's amazing. I don't know how much more... To, to, to say that right and um that's basically what I wanted to talk about today like just a message that I was literally just like came to me just so random right I, I did my quiet time and I just was in my living room lounging and I was on the couch I think I was gonna take a nap or something or I don't know I was just lounging right and so my I was awake and my brain was actively thinking and so a thought just really came to my head and I was like, wow, imagine where my life would be if every mistake I made actually played out in my life. I'll say that again. Imagine where my life would be if everything I did wrong, if every mistake, if every sin I did actually affected dramatically the future and the life that I'll live. And I was like, oh my God, wow. Like, I don't know where I'll be without a God who is merciful, without a God who's loving, without a God who's forgiving, because I am not perfect. I am a sinner, you know? And, and I just think about like, wow, God, why do you keep loving me? Why do you keep giving me chances over and over when I know that I'm not perfect? I do strive to be perfect. I do strive to be a, a child that pleases my father, my heavenly father, but I know my human lim limitations. And I even left with what um, Paul says, right? The things that I don't want to do, I always find myself doing it. And the things that I do not want to do, I'm sorry, the things that I do want to do, I always find myself not doing it. And the things that I do not want to do, I find myself doing it. And so, wow, that's me. Because I'm like, even the things that I don't want to do, I think that's in Ephesians. It is in Ephesians somewhere where it's like Paul was just saying that, he was talking about his his nature as a sinner, right? Where as sinners and and people who have been cleansed, right, who have been restored and redeemed, and the Holy Spirit lives within us who are children of God. These are only for Christians who have accepted God as the Lord and Savior. We have the Holy Spirit that dwells in, within us. So the Holy Spirit is a holy being, as his name implies. So therefore, what that means is that if he dwells within us, then our temples are holy. Our bodies are holy because our temples, which is our body, is the is the house of the Lord. 
is the house of the Holy Spirit. And so therefore we're made holy, not because of our might, not because of who we are, but because of the spirit that dwells within us. God's Holy Spirit dwells within our temples, which is our body. Therefore we are holy by association. We're holy by the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. And so because of that, right, although we're holy due to the Holy Spirit's association, we're naturally sinners because we're made out of flesh. We're made out of dust and earth and we're in the world, right? We should not be consumed by the world, but because we live in the world, the world sometimes does consume us a little bit, right? Um, and so because of that, right, we do sin. And Paul was talking about just his sinful nature as a human being where even the things that he does not want to do, somehow his flesh still does it. And it's not that he intentionally does it to hurt God and to, to you know, betray God, but it's just that that is just a sinful nature that I don't know if it was because of Adam and Eve or back in the beginning, I'm sure, because we used to once dwell with God in the garden, you know, in the Garden of Eden. We used to dwell with God in holy, in a holy motion, uh, holy sanctuary. And so due to the sins that our forefathers committed, now we live in a world that is so full of sin. And so because of that, we're prevalent to sin. We're tempted to sin more commonly than we would have been if we were dwelling in a holy realm 24-7 as we once did in heaven with the Lord. And so all that just, just to say that, back to my thought, I was like so humble at the fact that my life it's not a reflection of my sin. My life is not a reflection of my past. My future is not a reflection of my past. Because why? Because God, period, right? Not because of me, not because of anything I've done, but because of a God who's so merciful, who's so loving, who's so kind. And so I know I didn't pray, but we'll pray at the end just because I'm, I'm already like in the flow and I'm already in, you know, in the message already. So my bad, y'all. But anyways... We serve a God who is a merciful God. God does not repay us for the God does not repay our sins for the worth that the sins deserve. Right? Even and and I love how the whole message of Jesus it says yet why we were still sinners, he came and died for us. Jesus came knowing that we will sin and we are sinners. He even knew that after his death, after the suffering, we will still sin because that is our sinful human fleshly nature. Because the flesh and the spirits are contrary with one another, which is why, as, as I mentioned earlier with the Holy Spirit, it dwells within us. So we're holy by association. But sometimes you know that when your flesh commits sin, you feel con condemned, not condemned, you feel convicted. Because condemnation is from the enemy, but conviction is from the Holy Spirit. Because all conviction means is that it's, 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 um, hmm, let's Google it, right? <laughs> let's pull out handydannydictionary.com because I was like, I want to give you all my definition, but I want to be accurate with this. Okay, so conviction. Okay, so conviction means that a fixed or firm belief, the act of convicting someone as in the court law, okay? declaration that a person is guilty let's go to convicting to prove or declare guilty of an offense especially after a legal trial to impress with the sense of guilt Ooh, i like that one a person prove or declared guilty of an offense a person serving a prison sentence no okay let's do number two i really like this let's say that conviction right is basically the holy spirit impressing in our hearts that we're guilty of an offense to the lord 
And so the Holy Spirit convicts us based on the sins that we commit in order to enhance our life, not to make us feel bad, but the enemy condemns us, right? And let's Google condemn, condemn. Okay, so condemn, to express an unfavorable or adverse judgment on, indicate strong disapproval of censor. To pronounce to be guilty, sentence to punishment. Oh, I like that because this is a difference that, between the two. Hopefully you guys understand, right? The Holy Spirit convicts, the enemy condemns. The difference about conviction is that the Holy Spirit is pushing us to become better, to enhance us, to change us, to allow us to turn from our wicked ways, to become better people that are pleasing to the Lord. Condemnation is from the enemy. And what he does is that he he makes us feel like we're deserving of punishment. He makes us feel bad about ourselves. He makes us feel like we're so imperfect. We're ugly. We're flaw, we're flaw, flawful, right? We're full of flaws. Um, we're just not worthy. That's what the enemy does. And if you start, and, and that's just I guess a side note, right? For those who may be growing your faith and you do something that you used to once do and you feel like, hmm, this doesn't feel the same anymore. Or I don't like that action anymore. Then know the difference between the two, right? If that action that you did, that you once enjoyed in the past and now, like for example, lying, right? Let's say you used to be just, you used to lie and lie was never, um, Lying was never something that bothered you. You can just casually lie. But once you become deeper in your faith and you start to lie and then something in, in you feels like, mm, that lie is not good, right? The difference between that, for example, would say, if that feeling is saying, hey, maybe don't lie next time. Try to be more honest. Try to, you know, not tell, tell a lie. Try to be more truthful. If you're feeling that feeling where it's guiding you to say, okay, what you did is wrong and here's what you should do next time to become better and who you are as a person then that is considered conviction which is of god is from the holy spirit because the holy spirit is a holy temple and it wants your whole body to be holy so it's going to steer you towards holiness it's going to steer you towards the direction of becoming more christ-like more god-like but in that same example let's say that you lie, for example, right? And then you have a feeling of you're a liar. You're always lying. You're a bad person. You're horrible. That is from the devil because that is called condemnation. And so the enemy is condemning you to feel like you're such a bad person. Because you know the trick of the enemy is like when he con condemns you, you start to feel like, man, I'm such a bad person. So why even try to be good? Why even try to tell the truth next time? Because they already see me as a liar. They already know that I'm a liar because I am a liar. So why is a liar going to tell the truth when I'm a liar? I'm a bad person. That's a difference. I hope that makes sense. And so just back to my main point is that as, as you know, back again to what Paul was saying, as we become more christ-like right we have the spirit and the flesh contrary contrary battling one another because the two desire different things the flesh desires to please itself to please its body to be accustomed to the world whereas the spirit desires to please god it desires to be in alignment with the lord to please god to look more like christ and so 
the world and God are at, at enmity with one another. They're at war with one another. And so we have to learn to lean more into the spirit by gratifying the spirit and not gratifying the flesh. Because what you feed more is going to grow more, right? If we read the Bible more, that's the first thought that's going to come to our head. Okay, how to love people, how to be forgiving, how to be kind, etc. But when we listen to the world, whether it's spending our time on, I don't know, social media, the news, listening to corrupt character, bad friends, whatever... Those are the things that are going to consume us more. And so that's going to show up in the way that we act, right? And the way that we live our lives. And so just back to, again, me reflecting that day. I was reflecting because, I, yeah, like I just, I just, you know, came from a sinful, like just sinful mindset. Like I just was not in the right space. And I just felt like I was just um, a sinner. Like I really felt condemned. I felt condemned by the enemy. And I knew I was being condemned because I truly felt like a bad person. I truly felt like a, like a sinner. I felt like I was not even worthy to call on my God who loves me so much. And that's how I knew that I was being under attack by the enemy who wanted to make me think that this is the state I need to stay in because what good am I to the Lord anymore if I'm not like him? And that is a lie because no matter how far you've sinned, no matter how far you feel condemned, God loves you. God welcomes you. That does not mean that we keep on sinning and coming back to God to forgive us. No, that is taking taking his grace for granted that is taking advantage of the lord but what that means is that no matter how far you're fallen and sinned you can always come back like the prodigal son right who went away and squandered his father's wealth who went away and enjoyed while living whatever that was right back in those days <laughs> and so when he came back to the father the father ran to him with open arms and that is the image of the lord and his 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 children when we fall away from god right we go so far away we go to foreign territory territories foreign lands and when we come back to god he's not going to sit there and write you a bucket list of all the nasty things that you did of all the the evil things that you did he's going to say welcome throw your party like he did with the prodigal son welcome you back to his kingdom and show you that he truly loves you and he wants you back in his presence because you are his child right and that's that that to me overwhelmed me because i don't know about you guys but like i'm just overwhelmed by god's goodness right I'm overwhelmed by God's goodness because his goodness is so good that it reminds me that I'm not good. And in, in, the, in the most humble way ever, right? Because some people can say, well, that's bad. No, it's not bad because it's like, it just allows me to reverence God more because I'm like, wow, God, you are not like me. You're not like man. You're not like somebody that I know. You are so perfect and I'm so imperfect compared to you. And that makes me trust you even more because I know that you're so, you're a God. I know that you're real, right? Because I think I talked about in the last, um, in the last message about faith, where sometimes how do you prove that God is real as a Christian? Because we haven't physically quote unquote seen God, but when we think of the characteristics of God and we see how different it is from a human being I think we're reminded more of who God actually is and so to me just thinking about that just reflecting I'm like wow God you're such a good God that you literally show me mercy over and over and over and over and over again like I am so undeserving of God's mercy but yet he gives me freely because if my sins equated to my future, uh, what a life that it won't be worth living. 
But God has given me mercy that my sins, my past does not reflect the future that he has in store because his future for me looks like prosperity. His future for me looks like one not to harm me, but to give me a good hope and an expected end. Like it says in Jeremiah 29, 11, for God knows the plan that he has towards me. Their plans to prosper, not to harm me, but to give me a hope and a future. And so to me, that's just uh, that verse to me is just the best because of all of the all scriptures in the bible are the best but to me that speaks to me because that is my verse because it defines the woman that i am the woman that i'm becoming in the lord because i know that i'm not perfect i know that who i am is not who the lord needs me to be right but he's molding me he's cultivating me he's washing and cleansing me with with the hyssops right making my crimson sins as white as snow because that is the what that is what the lord does when you come to him right he doesn't expect you to be perfect he doesn't expect you to be this holy person but he expects you to be progressing to be trying to be better and to be more like christ right because at the end of the day as merciful as god is as merciful as god is we cannot take his mercy for granted we cannot keep planning to sin keep sinning and expect god's mercy to not run dry because guess what it never runs dry but that doesn't mean we keep abusing god it just means that we know that he's merciful so that when we do fall short of the glory and grace of god we can freely come back and know that we have a place with him but know that there is sin that leads to death right in the spiritual realm because sin truly leads to physical death i mean not physical spiritual death right because the scripture where it says sin leads to um the consequences sorry the wages of sins is death what that means is that you're not going to physically drop down and die i mean maybe in some cases right not to scare you all but maybe i don't know i'm not god but i know that sin leads to death means that it separates us from God and I've been there I've been there when I've been such a sinner that I don't feel the presence of God I don't feel the Holy Spirit although I know he's with me still I don't feel it because I know that I'm so imperfect right now and I've sinned so much that like God who is so holy cannot be he cannot truly fully dwell with me comfortably and so we drive the Holy Spirit away not like away out of our bodies because he'll never leave or forsake us as it says in the bible but we lose that intimacy right it's like god is like for a friend where like you keep hurting and abusing and abusing and abusing and abusing a friend that friend still loves you but they can no longer dwell with you in that intimate way that they used to because they don't want to be hurt and so god is like that right he's that same uh god where if we keep hurting him he still loves us. He still welcomes us, but he's not going to be as intimate with you. He's not going to tell you things. He's not going to like be as, as, I don't know, explain. I hope that makes sense, right? Think about a human relationship. If you like a, a husband and wife, for example, you might lose trust in somebody who has hurt you so much, who has lied and deceived you because you feel like you still love this person, but it's hard to trust them. It's hard for you to be fully vulnerable and intimate and open with this person because they have hurt you so much. And I think that's what happens when we sin. We we separate our intimacy with the Lord. It's like pulling ourselves away from God slowly 
but God is in the same spot because God never leaves or forsakes us. But guess what? We leave. Our sin pushes us further, further, further back from God, which is why the prodigal son, when we think about it, right, the sins that he committed took him to a distant land. He was no longer in the kingdom of God because he left. But guess what? The Lord stayed exactly where he was. Because when we sometimes look around, we're like, God, you're so far. Where are you? He's like, I'm right here. I never left where we last were you just drifted because of the sins that you committed but come back to the lord and he welcomes us and so also like i told you guys i've been reading the book of jeremiah and oh jeremiah is deep it's so deep and i love it because like i see the god of wrath that god scares me but like in a good way because like god is just whoa like he's so dynamic right he's a god of mercy but he's also the god of wrath and he's the god of justice he's a judge god and if you understand justice right the justice legal system you want to get to the truth no matter what and because of that you repay people for what they deserve that is the God that we serve. But then the God of mercy takes over that justice in a sense where even when our sins deserves punishment, God's mercy intervenes and it washes it away. Wow, my God, like that is just amazing. And so as I was reading Jeremiah, this is uh, 36. I want to read a little um, scripture portion. It says in the fourth, this is Jeremiah 36. I'm going to read one, two, three verses 1 to 3, Jeremiah 36, verses 1 to 3. In the fourth year of Jehoiakim, son of Jehoiah, Josiah, king of Judah, this word came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Take a scroll and write on it all the words I have spoken to you concerning Israel, Judah, and all the other nations from the time I began speaking to you in the reign of Josiah till now. Perhaps when the people of Judah hear about every disaster I plan to inflict on them, they will each turn from their wicked ways. Then I will forgive their wickedness and their sin. Let's, let's read that again because that's really where I want to highlight. Let's read three again. Perhaps when the people of Judah hear about every disaster I plan to inflict on them, they will each turn from their wicked ways then I will forgive their wickedness and their sin. Wow. Amen. So just giving you all a background without like going into too much details because Jeremiah is such a deep book, right? And so Jeremiah is a prophet that the Lord was using to speak to the people of Israel, Judah, and other nations who were constantly sinning against God, worshiping false idols, you know, not believe in God, just doing whatever they felt like doing. They were living according to the to the, the flesh and not the spirit, basically, right? They just were not living like the Lord wanted them to live. They did not listen to God. They were stiff-necked, right? I love that word. They were stiff-necked, like they didn't listen to God. They did whatever they felt like they wanted to do. God did not matter to them. So that's basically what the book of Jeremiah in, in summary, it's all about, right? And Jesus was, sorry, God was using Jeremiah as his prophet to speak to this people, to convince them to turn from their evil ways and repent and come back to God. And so this is chapter 36, right? The whole book literally is a back and forth dialogue. Jesus, sorry, God, I can't, well, same, one, one and the same, right? But this was God who was, was um, speaking to, to, um, to Jeremiah. So anyway, Jeremiah would, would meet with God. God would tell him, here's what you should do. Use this as an example. Go 
say this message to these people, tell them that I would destroy them, I'll kill them, I'll do this, then let them know that they need to repent because if they don't, I'm going to bring disaster on them. That's basically the back and forth, back and forth dialogue, literally till chapter 36 from what I've read so far. And so all that just to say is that these people literally committed so many sins against God, right? They disobeyed him. They just grieved the Lord and God was planning disaster, which he eventually did. He destroyed them, right? But God kept giving them chance after chance after chance after chance to repent as it says in, in verse 3. He said, if they will turn from their wicked ways, then I will forgive their wickedness and their sin. And then in other verses, it talks about God will welcome them. He'll make a covenant with them. He'll love them and bring them back to his kingdomship. And so to me, this was just, whoa, like when I read this, I'm like, God, what? After all these people have done, you still want to forgive them? That was my judgmental spirit coming out, right? I was like, God, are you sure? Just just go ahead and kill these people because they're so wicked. They've sinned. They've done all these things. And that was just me in my, in my you know, fleshly nature thinking like, what? God, I could never. Like, these people did this. And I'm glad I'm not God because that's what makes me so, so honored to serve God because he's not like me, right? Even the way that I think is not like God. My thoughts are not his his thoughts neither are his words my words and so a natural human being like me who doesn't always have the, the the best the purest heart who's not always holy i would think that well if someone hurts me over and over and over i don't want anything to do with them i'd rather separate myself from them and go about my life and let them go about their life but here's a god who is always willing to love and forgive people who sin after him so many different times and when i read this verse i literally cried because i was so just like wow god wow because if that was me as a human being i would want nothing to do with these people but you are so willing to forgive their sins even after they've done so many different things from verse 1 to 36 they've done so many things against you you've planned distractions you've planned disaster and the god of wrath was like he was out here just like i will kill them i will wipe them clean like he, god was just savage like with the things that he was saying i was like whoa like i was scared reading and i'm like oh my god like whoa like i don't want to experience your wrath like it was that scary reading the words that god was telling jeremiah and what he planned to do to his people but yet we see in verse 36 i'm sorry chapter 36 that god said he will still forgive them if they come and repent wow that tells me that God is so merciful that he does not hold our sins against us. He's always willing to welcome us with open arms. Such a loving, mighty, merciful father that we serve. Wow, wow, wow. Like I cannot just wow. Like God is just amazing. And that just humbles me so, so much, right? Amen. <sighs> okay. And I wanted to read one more thing. This is going to be, okay, James chapter 5, verse 11. As you know, we count as blessed those who have pers persevered, who have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Yes, he is surely full of compassion and mercy. And so we're talking about mercy, right? Let's look at dictionary.com of what it me what mercy means. Um, it says compassion or kindly forbearance shown towards an offender, an enemy or a person in one's power, compassion, pity, or benevolence. Amen. 
I love that because while God is a compassionate God, he's a merciful God, he's a kind God, he shows us all these things to us as offenders because we sin and we're considered offenders when we sin towards God, right? We offend God with our sins. But yet we have a God who is so compassionate, merciful, kind, loving that he forgives us even when our sins do not deserve forgiving. God still forgives us because to have mercy is like, man, their sins deserves punishment, but in my mercy, I cover it. I forgive it. That is what it means to serve a merciful God. And so I just wanted to share about God's character of mercy because to me, this has been so impactful for my week because I know that I've, I've seen the God of mercy. And like I told you all, right, everything that I, I share about is literally what God is teaching me and bringing me in. He showed me his face of who he is, what it looks like for God to be a merciful God. And I love this. I, I forgot who I was listening to. I don't know if it was uh, Apostle Joshua Selman or um, Pastor uh, Miles Monroe. One of one of the two, right? But they talked about the way you get, I think it was Apostle Joshua Selman. Now that I think about it, the more I just thought of the thought. But I love what he said, right? He was like, the way you truly get to know God is by experiencing it for yourself. And so to break down, he kind of went like, for example, right, people who write all these praise songs and worship songs and all these things, it's because they saw the face of God, of who who that God was, right? And I love how like, I'll come back, I guess I like to jump ahead or jump around because <laughs> I think of like references because the Bible is like just full of so many things that ties in just to make one point of just who God is. But I think of in, in, in the book of um, Exodus, right, when, when Moses was kind of being used to lead the Egyptians out of Egypt, when he went to, to God and that when he had that experience with God in the burning bush and God was calling Moses that this is who I'm calling you to be to lead my people out of out of uh, the hands of Pharaoh. And Moses was like, man, God, like, I, I'm not capable of doing this, right? Who would I tell these people sent me? And God says something so profound. He said, tell them I am sent you and I love that because God could not even say the God of mercy sent you the God of peace sent you because guess what he's all those things so he was like man I am because I'm, I am whatever you need sent you and so that was just so powerful because God was showing us who he is because he showed us what he wasn't in a sense where I'm not just one thing I'm everything <laughs> I love that so much and so he couldn't just pick one thing. He couldn't say Jehovah Jireh sent you, Jehovah Rapha sent you, Jehovah Nisi, because he's all those things. Those are all different aspects of his personality and just the type of God that he is. He's a God of wrath, but yet he's a God of kindness. He's a God of mercy, right? He's a God of jealousy. God is also jealous of us, right? So it's like he said, I am, meaning that whatever we need is who God is. If we need provider, providence, then God is Jehovah uh, Jireh. If we need healing, he's Jehovah Rapha. If we need reigning in victory, he's Jehovah Nisi, right? God is everything. You cannot box God because he's so multifaceted. He's literally everything and much more. And so he said, I am. And so back to what my story about Joshua Selman, Apostle Joshua Selman, he was saying that when you get to experience the Lord, 
you see his face more clearly right because he was like these people who make these amazing praise songs they say they talk about a god who heals and they can intimately sing that because guess what they went through healing and they saw the god that heals it's one thing to know who god is but it's another thing to experience who god is and the two are great right you shouldn't just trust god based on your experiences you should trust god based on the knowledge of who you who he is period right and that's kind of like about like faith you just don't love God because you're seen and received things from him you love God just because he is God right and so I like that because for me I I've, I knew God was merciful and I knew that I knew it and I know it because I have experienced it but this week I experienced God's mercy to a different level that words cannot even begin to explain and I'm like wow God wow because when I think about my life I think about my past I think about my flaws I think about my sinful nature I'm just so just amazed that my life does not reflect the, the the trials I've been through my life does not reflect the sins I've committed my life did not does not reflect the flaws that I have right because it reflects your mercy meaning that where I am is not because of me I don't deserve to be here I don't deserve to be this person but God by your mercy I am this person by your mercy you've brought me here and that is so humbling and I don't know what else is humbling where it's like you get something that you don't deserve you get favor and that's what favor is right we don't deserve those things but the lord makes a way when there seems to be no way and that is just the god that we serve who is just wow like amazingly mighty omniscient all-powerful god thank you lord god thank you father god for you are just so good lord god I honor you, God. I bless your name. Thank you, Father God, for just being so faithful, so mighty for God. Lord, I'm just speechless because of who you are. You're such an awesome God. You're such a loving, kind God. You're a God of justice. You're a God of mercy. You're a God of patience. You're a God of peace. You're a God of love, eternal, everlasting love. You're a God of forbearance. You're a God of wisdom. You're a God of direction, God. You're a God of wrath, even the God of wrath. We honor every part of who you are, Jesus Christ. We thank you, God, for who you are. I love and exalt and glorify your name. Thank you, God, for all that you do for us and so much more, God. I'm just so honored. Thank you for the time that you used me to speak to your children, God. And let this message go out to so those who need a reminder of how loving you are. Those who need a reminder that there's nothing that they can do to, to wash your love away from their life. There's nothing that they can do to push you away, God, because you remain. Although we drift, Lord, you remain there's nothing that we can do to separate from you god because you're always with us always you never leave nor forsake us god so thank you god thank you daddy you're so awesome thank you so much <laughs> thank you god amen amen okay y'all thank you all for joining um yes and lastly right lastly because i think this is so important we talk about this, the god of mercy we talk about the god who's full of all these great things and so 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 much more but guess what you cannot experience this god if you're not in his kingdom you cannot experience that holiness if you don't have the holy spirit that dwells within you because it's not by might that i'm holy it's not by might that you're holy but it's by the holy spirit that dwells within us and the only person that can have the holy spirit is those who accept the holy spirit as the lord and savior those who accept Christ and welcome into Christ, welcome Christ into their hearts so that they can be welcomed into Christ's kingdom. And if you have not given your life to Christ, now is the time. It's not tomorrow. It's not next week. It's not next month. Because like I said earlier, we're better amiss. We're better breath. 
our life is not promised our tomorrow is not promised so wouldn't we give that 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 our life to Christ right now wouldn't we give that hope that trust to God right now because we get to experience the kingdom of God the kingdom of God is when we allow ourselves to be in the hearts of God and when we do that God welcomes us to the kingdom only kingdom citizens can experience God's mercy, right? And if you want to become that kingdom citizen, if you want to experience God's mercy, if you want to experience God's love that washes over a multitude of sin, then ask God to come into your life and become your savior. And so I'm going to say a, or read and pray a prayer of salvation with you all. Um, and if you want to become safe, you want to be in God's kingdom, because these are the perks of being in God's kingdom about his mercy is what I get to experience every single day. Right. And I want you all to experience that too, because God's mercy is peaceful because I know that my life only looks the way it looks right now because of my God, because of his mercy, because of his love and washing and covering over my multitudes of sin. So if you want to do that too, if you want to receive these privileges and benefits that I have as a daughter of the most holy king, then you say this prayer of salvation and you believe in your heart that the Lord is your Lord and Savior. Okay, so let us pray. Heavenly Father, just repeat it after me and believe in your heart. Heavenly Father, I come to you from the depths of my heart, realizing I have sinned. I repent of all my sins and confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and died on the cross for me and my sins. I believe that you raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and live in me now. I receive by faith you as my personal Lord and Savior. I receive your Holy Spirit as my comforter to help me obey you and to do your will. It is in Jesus' name that I believe and receive the things I prayed this day. Amen, 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 amen. If you all just said that prayer and you gave your life to Christ, welcome, congratulations. You're in the best kingdom ever, like ever. <laughs> and I hope that the Lord is, I mean, I know the Lord is happy and I hope that he gets to teach you more of who he is, you know, and then the next step is just to get in, in a community, right? Because to grow in your faith, to grow in a kingdom, you need to learn about that kingdom. So read your Bible, purchase a Bible if you don't have one. Look for a local church, right? Watch pastors on, on YouTube. I will watch Miles Monroe. I will watch uh, Apostle Joshua Selman. I will watch R.C. Blakes. You know, watch these people and get to grow in your faith and get to know the Lord and ask him to teach you more of who he is. And he'll welcome you all. Amen. Okay, so looking at my calendar, I'm expected to record... Um, in early July, but I will be out of town, right? I will be traveling. So I plan to, I can't give you guys a date right now, right? And again, sorry guys, but I, I'll try to record before I leave. Hmm, that's gonna be tricky. Cause I'm planning to record on the 8th, but then I'll be out of town on the 8th. So I'll try to record either next week, Saturday the 1st, or the ninth the week of the ninth but we'll see y'all we'll see but um i'll keep you guys posted like i said thanks for bearing with me um but yeah i hope you guys have a great rest of your day and the rest of the weekend and a new month in july and we'll talk soon as the lord permits okay thank you all for joining i love you guys and i hope to talk to you all soon okay bye